so it's a pleasure being here once again and i'm always live on a monday so i will be on next monday so as we near the end of the christ related foundations of civilization today i would like to speak about the 11th christ related foundation of civilization in the gospel which is man's responsibility to honor his creator with praises in accordance with the ordinance of praise and worship which was committed to david king of israel so for confirmation for those you can read ezra chapter 3 verse 10. now all scriptures will be read from the king james version bible so i'll start now i have noticed to my utter amazement that all the Christian assemblies which adopt modes of praise and silent worship as was practiced early in the tabernacle of Moses are dwindling in membership and some have even had their candlesticks removed already. And while it is obvious that something is radically wrong with that tradition, the leaders of these small assemblies take comfort in the scripture which states for where two or three are gathered together in my name there am i in the midst of them so that was read from matthew chapter 18 verse 20. now this matthew chapter 18 verse 20 text they hide behind it although that verse was not written to be an endorsement for small assemblies but was written instead to inform the church of its God-given authority, which any two or three believers can exercise in Christ's name in respect of settling conflicts within the body of Christ. For, say Jesus, I would be in your midst to endorse any decision which is taken in my name, for that is the reason why this Matthew chapter 18 verses 15 to 20 passage was written. Now the reason why some assemblies adopt a silent mode of praise and worship today is because of the fact that that was the appropriate mode of worship under the law for the Israelites who failed to trust God notwithstanding the fact that he had just delivered them from the iron furnace of egyptian bondage brethren please read exodus chapter 16 through 19 and you will see that the sabbath and the ten commandments were given to the unthankful rebellious children of israel as necessary requirements to enable them to enter and remain in their promised land and Exodus chapter 15, verse 24, Exodus chapter 16, verses 1 to 3, Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 1, Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 24, and Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 1, surely confirms this fact. Then the prudent would ask, why was the Levitical tabernacle service introduced after the law was given instead 
of before? And the answer is a simple one indeed, and is here cataloged as since the law was given to strengthen sin as 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 56 states and to kill as 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verses 6 to 9 states all those who came under its jurisdiction would have died if they ever broke any one of those laws which is Galatians chapter 3 verse 10 and Israel from whom the seed was destined to come would have been wiped off the face of the map as a consequence of sinning. Now, this fact is confirmed once one understands that that which was written in stone was established to be an administrator of condemnation and death, as 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 7 and 9 states, and was duly labeled the letter that kills, which is 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6 but was not given to give life as Galatians chapter 3 verse 21 states. Now, to avoid this eventuality, therefore, God, in his abundant mercy, indexed the law, even the Ten Commandments, to the limited Levitical priesthood, in order that those who sin under that first covenant recorded in Exodus chapter 34 verse 27, Deuteronomy chapter 4 verse 13 or 1 Kings chapter 8 verse 21 could have had their sins covered until Christ, God's true lamb, would have died for the sins of the whole world. So read Hebrews chapter 9 verse 15 or 1 John chapter 2 verse 2 and be convinced that this is indeed so. Now the tabernacle of Moses, which was integral to the first covenant as Hebrews chapter 7 verse 11 states, was a tabernacle in which God hid himself from his people because of their unbelief. In contrast, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, who trusted God against all odds, fellowshiped with him face to face as can be seen in Genesis chapter 18, verses 1 to 22, then verses 23 to 33, Genesis chapter 26, verses 1 to 5, Genesis chapter 28, verses 12 to 15, and in Hosea chapter 12, verses 2 to 5. Then one would ask, which priesthood and under which tabernacle mode of worship did the patriarchs worship God? And the answer follows. They, unlike most of their unbelieving descendants, worshipped God under the Melchizedek priesthood and the Debiadic tabernacle mode of worship. Now, because of a lack of teaching on the different priesthoods and the tabernacles in the churches, there exists no little confusion in Christendom today. However, as God restores all the doctrines and customs of the first century New Testament church, those who are willing to believe all that the prophets have prophesied concerning Jesus and his engaged bride, as can be read in Luke chapter 24, verses 25 to 27, would gladly endorse the Melchizedek priesthood with its unique Davidic tabernacle mode of worship 
and obey Acts chapter 15 verses 14 to 18, especially verses 16 and 17 in particular. And praise God according to the God-ordained, Christ-endorsed pattern of praise which was revealed to King David. Now an appreciation for the Davidic tabernacle mode of praise can be had by reading Ezra chapter 3 verse 10, 1 Chronicles chapter 13 verse 8, 1 Chronicles chapter 15 verse 16, 28, and 2 Chronicles chapter 29 verses 25 to 30. Now while most of the churches in Christendom do not understand the Mosaic tabernacle mode of worship, very few know about and fewer still understand the reason for and the mode of praise at the tabernacle of David, which we are told in Acts chapter 15 and prophesied in Amos chapter 9 verse 11 that God will restore in the church age. However, for those who are willing to understand and to praise God according to the Davidic tabernacle pattern, the following would be of great benefit to you. Though written in Psalms chapter 78 verses 60 to 72, and I have discussed in prior segments, I hasten to restate this fact that although the Mosaic tabernacle mode of worship held sway under the era known as the dispensation of the law, because of the battles which Israel had to fight, the Davidic tabernacle mode of praise was introduced to supplement the Mosaic tabernacle's mode of praise, which was practiced then. Accordingly, God chose King David and established the new mode of praise and worship in Mount Zion. And this can be verified by reading for yourselves Psalms chapter 78, verses 60 to 72. Moreover, brethren, the tabernacle of David differed from the tabernacle of Moses in that it had no divisions. As a consequence of the fact, Psalm chapter 84, verse 7 informs us that those who worship God according to the Davidic tabernacle mode of praise not only go from strength to strength, but everyone that worshiped God in Zion, where the Davidic tabernacle was located, appeared before God as Psalm 84 verse 7 states. And this last statement is easy to understand because the tabernacle of David, as stated prior, had no partitions. Moreover, because the Davidic tabernacle mode of praise is what Christ desires his church to pattern its praise after, we are told in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 to 16, which states, See that he walks circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. So I just read from Ephesians chapter 5 verses 15 to 17. According to Ephesians chapter 5 verses 17, what is the will of the Lord for his church today? 
And the answer is this. Be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your hearts to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Ephesians chapter 5 verses 18 to 20. So from the epistle to the Colossians, we have the following confirmation. <coughs> Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. That's taken from Colossians chapter 3, verse 16. So from the two scriptures as I just read, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18 to 20, and Colossians chapter 3, verse 16, brethren, we are clearly instructed to praise our Lord with psalms, along with hymns and spiritual songs, and no one should have any problem with such instructions. However, when we understand that the psalms were the hymn book of the Israelites, and that King David, Asaph, Ethan, and others became famous in the singing ministry. Moreover, when we remember that the Psalms were used by Jehoshaphat as a weapon of war, according to 2 Chronicles 20 verses 21 to 23, we would do well to stop our resistance to the word of God, as written in Ephesians chapter 5 verse 19. Colossians chapter 3 verse 16 and Acts chapter 15 verses 16 to 17 and praise the Lord after the Davidic tabernacle mode of praise with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Now in order for one to obey Ephesians chapter 5 verses 17 to 19 or Colossians chapter 3 verse 16 adequately, one has to turn to the book of Psalms for guidance. And if we would but turn to Psalms, we would soon discover that we are to praise God in the following manner accordingly. We are to praise him by sacrificing the sacrifices of thanksgiving and praise his works with rejoicing. So that's Psalm 107 verse 22. Then too, we are also told to exalt him in the congregation of the elders. So that's Psalm 107 verse 32. Moreover, we are to bless the Lord at all times, with his praise continually being in our mouth, as Psalm chapter 34 verse 1 states, and even as long as we live, as Psalm 104 verse 33 states. Then one might ask, with what should we praise him? And the relevant answer follows. Oh, clap your hands, all ye people. Shout unto God with the voice of triumph. That's Psalm 147 verse 1. Moreover, from Psalm 63, we are told the following. Because thy loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise thee. Thus will I bless thee while I live. I will lift up my hands unto thy name as Psalm chapter 63 verse 3 to 4 states. So still on the issue of mode of praise and worship, we have the following pertinent instructions. Come, let us worship and bow down. 
Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. That's Psalm 95, verses 6 to 7. Now, with respect to praising God with instrumental accompaniments, we have the following guidelines. Sing unto the Lord with thanksgiving. Sing praise upon the harp unto our God, as Psalm 147, verse 7 states. Praise him with the song of the trumpet. Praise him with the palsy and harp. Praise him with the timbre and dance. Praise him with stringed instruments and organs. Praise him upon the loud cymbals. Praise him upon the high sounding cymbals, as Psalm 150, verse 3 to 5 states. And with respect to warfare, the following guidelines should be practiced today accordingly. Let Israel rejoice in him that made him. Let the children of Zion be joyful in their king. Let them praise his name in the dance. Let them sing praise unto him with the trumpet and harp. Let the saints be joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud upon their beds. Let the high praise of God be in your mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand to execute vengeance upon the heathen and punishments upon the people, to bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron, to execute upon them the judgment written, this honor have all the saints. That's Psalm 149, verses 2 to 9. Because the Davidic pattern of praise and worship is linked to the Melchizedek priesthood, we are also instructed in the New Testament accordingly. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say, rejoice. That's Philippians chapter 4, verse 4. And in the Apostle Paul's letter to the Thessalonians, we are told the following, rejoice evermore. So that's 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16. Moreover, in the epistle to the Hebrews, we are specifically told to do the following. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. So that's Hebrew chapter 13, verse 15. And when from Hebrew chapter 2, verse 12, we learn that Jesus himself desires to join us in lavishing praise to the Father, we will do well to follow the prophesied pattern of praise for the end time. As cataloged in Psalm 22, verse 22, and expect Jesus to join us in our services as we sing praises to our Heavenly Father. So this doctrinal truth can be verified by reading Acts chapter 3, verse 21, Psalm chapter 22, verse 22, then Hebrews chapter 2, verse 12, respectively. So as I come to an end, from what was shared today, brethren, we know that the 11th Christ-related foundation of civilization which calls for the restoration of the Davidic tabernacle mode of singing praise to God, has been evidently relayed in the covenant called the gospel of the kingdom of God. Read Acts chapter 15, verses 13 to 18, and hasten to obey, same, and you can only benefit by so doing. On the other hand, if you fail to obey Luke chapter 24, verse 25, and 12, verse 27, Amos chapter 9 verse 11, Acts chapter 15 verses 13 to 18, along with Ephesians chapter 5 verses 17 to 20, Colossians chapter 3 verse 16, 
Philippians chapter 4, verse 4, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16, and Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15, you will doubtless pay heavily for rebelling against the truth of the gospel. So now it's entirely up to you. However, before this mode of praise and worship discourse comes to an end, I feel constrained to remind you that it was this Davidic tabernacle mode of praise that Paul and Silas employed in the Philippian jail that caused Jesus to join them in sending praise to their heavenly Father, as promised in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 12. As a consequence, they were miraculously freed from prison, and a new church was established thereafter as a consequence of their obedience. Now read Isaiah chapter 42 verses 9 to 16 and see what has been promised us as we exercise ourselves in hilariously lavishing praise to God according to the Davidic tabernacle mode of praise and you will be surprised. So as I close, for while the acceptance of what was shared today can cause you to experience tremendous blessings and victories in this life. The despising and rejection of sin may cause you great pain and even the shortening of your days on planet Earth. So brethren, that's the end of my segment today. I will be live next Monday again. And I'll be speaking about the 12th Christ-related foundation of civilization in the gospel. And I want persons to spend time daily, read the word, strengthen yourselves in the word, because Jesus Christ will be returning, and we all want to be with him in this new heaven and in this new earth. Please prepare yourselves for his return. Have a safe week. Have a productive week. Jesus Christ loves you. And I love you too. So bless everyone.